0: Said buckos
1: actually, <laughs> which is worse. I think. It's a, yeah, that's a different kind of energy to start the podcast with.
0: I'm, listen, we're trying to start with some raw yeehaw energy. You know what I mean? Oh my god! Why? <laughs> you can't clown me for saying that when you love Casey Muskrans. All right, but you have right. to be
1: one with the yeehaw. All right, that's true. That's true. It's yeah. raw. It's it's incorrect and harsh. <sighs> What? But it's fair. No, it's true. (laughs) It's it's just, I don't like to be clocked this late in the evening. You know? Oh, gosh. I am out of work. I'm in my pajamas. I don't want to be clocked.
0: Listen, I get it, for
1: sure. You're vulnerable, and I understand. (laughs) What do you think Casey Musgrave's alarm clock sounds like? Do you think it is just yeehaw's? I hope it's just like a literal rooster. (laughs) <laughs> that she owns. <laughs> oh, I hope so. Yeah. I hope it's just like a cosmic rooster. Like, it's a rooster that yeah, right. opens its mouth, it's, it's just a rooster like who's crambles. been
0: to space,
1: for sure. <laughs> <laughs> that checks out for yeah, me. That yeah, makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Some, yes. I love that. Wow. What do you think would happen if Casey... Carly and Janelle got in the same room.
0: You can't come on! Don't play God like that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> don't fucking.
0: You think they a lot had to have met, though, right? Oh, for sure, and, and weren't they all at? I mean, maybe Carly wasn't at the Grammys, but like two, uh, two of the three were at the Grammys.
1: Carly was at the Grammys. Yeah, so they were didn't... all right. Maybe she. I think she. There's something. Maybe Carly was at the Grammys. She. Just didn't want us to know she was at the Grammys. Right.
0: She was all hush-hush because hush she was working on her new album. Uh, right. But, you know, they've, they've all crossed paths before.
1: Yeah. All I'm saying is that there's definitely been a movie night when they have all existed together. Right?
0: Ooh, what do you think
1: they watched? I mean, it feels like it's obvious, right? <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> it's obviously a league of their own. Oh, that's a good
0: one. I was going to say Crossroads. Holy shit. Because I feel like, you know, that raw pop energy, that raw Britney Spears energy.
1: That one's very good. The other one that came to mind was the um, the Disney Channel original movie with Lizzie... M- oh, no, Hilary Duff.
0: Or legally not- known as Hilary <laughs> <as Lizzie laughs> legal yeah. name. Yeah. Like,
1: <laughs> Lizzie McGuire. Um, not the... The, like, um, military one.
0: Oh, Cadet Kelly? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Hey, if y'all listeners like Cadet Kelly, the Gay Watch podcast did an episode
1: about it, and it's... Oh, my uh,
0: God. Chef's Kid's very good. It's so good. Yeah.
1: Such a formative movie for our youth.
0: Oh, my God. Christy Carlson Romano?
1: Oh, my God. Can peg me any day. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, Honestly, she did fame right, like, was in it when Disney Channel was, like, big, and then just deuced out. Yeah. Oh, my God. Welcome to Into the Pegging, I guess. Welcome.
0: Welcome, everyone. (laughs) This is our podcast. That's really Um, been our podcast this whole time. Honestly? If you
1: really think about it. If you pay attention for, like, two seconds. Right. We've brought
0: up pegging in pr- in easily every franchise we've talked about.
1: If you paid attention, literally at all, it's been edited in at least twice into every episode. Yeah, Cody's done a lot of work on that. <laughs> yeah, that's my personal
0: requirement uh, that I have to make sure happens. Yep. Um, so,
1: yeah, you know. if you if you play this episode in every episode actually backwards, um, you will notice. <laughs> that it's, it's said at least twice.
0: Yeah. So If you play oh, every God. episode backwards, it's actually just pegged by Steely Dan <laughs> fully. Shut up! <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Oh, my God. Cody, how the hell are you doing? I'm okay. That was, like, so many degrees of separation <laughs> in one bit, and I kind of felt lopsided. <laughs> That's but I I have emerged chrysalis like after the <laughs> Chicago election.
1: We Thank did God. it.
0: It's over,
1: and I can sleep. Thank God. So, I've seen Lahan, the everyone. word alderman on yes. my Twitter feed so many times. Welcome to the space. <laughs> um, and I've seen I've seen poll. I've seen alderman. Yep. I've seen numbers of things. Mm -hmm. I did my own research about the Chicago election last night. Yeah, baby. So I, I feel slightly invested in something that you are wholeheartedly invested in.
0: Wow. Um, That's, that's really our love language if you think about it. That's true.
1: (laughs) Um, so just know that your passion and hard work has, you know, crossed lakes. And political boundaries to reach me over in my little blanket burrito. Cute. So, you've done work. And we can all go home. Great. Just, please, Cody, will you go home? I... (laughs) For once, (laughs) will you just go home?
0: I am recording from the news. (laughs) My home, The, the
1: news. The void that is the news. Yeah, that's my space. That's fair. But Not you confused to confused with MySpace. Oh my god! <laughs> Jesus Christ! Ugh. How
0: are you doing, my dude? Good.
1: Um, what the fuck I'm is I'm up, feeling... Kyle? <laughs> Do you want to fucking fight? Um, I'm feeling <laughs> a little on edge. I was previously gassed up on our on our personal, like our joint Twitter, um, which has left me flushed and embarrassed. (laughs) Um, don't be embarrassed. Come on. I was, I was a little embarrassed. Don't be Um, embarrassed. (laughs) This, this past week when this is going up, um, I donated my hair Pew, 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 pew. So, that was very cool. Shout out to Children with Hair Loss. You are getting yeah. a couple of ponytails Hell from yeah. me.
0: So many uh, ponytails. Quite a few. I yep. did not, uh, I guess I didn't know how long your hair was. Because <laughs> to be fair, let's be honest, you only take selfies from the titty up. So, like, I really, True. <laughs> I really True. don't know. It could be fucking No Man's Land down there. Or it could be Rapunzel and I would have no idea. I'm just like, yeah, yeah, it probably ends, like, here-ish. I have no idea. I saw that before photo, and I was like, what? <laughs> That's just yeah. been on your head this whole time?
1: <laughs> what? Well, and it's always, it's, like, almost always curly, because I don't right. style my hair. Yeah. And so when it's, like, wet and or straight, it yeah. reaches my butt.
0: Right. Oh, um, my God.
1: And That's <laughs> exhausting. So it is. It takes a long time to like wash and also dry yeah um and so yeah so I this is the second round of like growing out to my butt and then donating (laughs) um which is very refreshing to do right before the summer oh yeah for sure just because it's like who is she it's all gone um So I love that. It's very nice. I I woke up this morning and I was like, oh God, where is it? (laughs) Uh, Help. It felt like a um, Sour Patch commercial. I was like, oh God, where is it? Um, Oh my God. Which is nice. Um, And. So I loved that. It's nice to have my students because I did it technically on April Fool's Day, um, the evening, though, not the um, not the day before. So when I came in the next day, I think my kids reactions were the best because, like, I would say nine. I would say no, I'd say probably about 60 percent of the kids like didn't say anything. And then about 30% of them came up, like, right to my face, stared at me, like, knowing something was, like, different. and yeah. But didn't say anything. They just, like, looked at me. They, like, squinted, looked me up and down, and then, like, went back and, like, sat down. Mm-hmm. And then, like, the other, like, 10% were like, cool haircut. And I was like, all right, thanks. <laughs> um, but it was just my favorite to, like, watch their reactions when they don't usually notice things, um, younger students definitely notice of, like, oh, you got glasses, or you're wearing something different, but it was, it was very good, so those are my only updates. Oh, I guess when you're all listening to this, I'll be in New York, so that's cool. I'll be right in the middle of, um, I'm going to go kick Joe Goldberg's ass, I guess.
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Fucking beat him with a rock in the middle of broad daylight <laughs> in Central Park.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go fight him in Central Park and kick his ass. So <laughs> those are those are my current updates. So good things. Hell yeah. Yeah. Um, we do have a couple pieces of current events. Ow, ow, ow. Yeah. Um, first, very quick. Piece of current events is um, Jamie Dornan dad watch, (laughs) yeah, Um, everyone's favorite Hollywood game show. Yes, is Jamie Dornan um, a dad and to how many kids? (laughs) Yes, um, Jamie Dornan is in fact a dad. At usually, yes, he is a new dad, um, and that now makes him a dad of three. So, good job, Jamie Dornan. You did it. You are. You are having the sex. Well, wow. congrats.
0: Um,
1: <laughs> that's. I don't know what else to tell you, Jamie. Otherwise,
0: he would not be.
1: He only has uh, sex
0: for babies.
1: Yes. He very much fits the dad TM role to me. Yeah. So I get him. Our second piece of current events this week is, is a little bit Buck Wild, I would say. Um, it's from a new website to the show, I'm pretty sure. Um, It's called ConBini. Ooh. And it has arguably one of the most confusing website designs that we've navigated so far.
0: I'm frustrated. (laughs) (laughs) Like, like it looks good, sure. Is it user-friendly in the slightest? The answer is no.
1: No. Absolutely not. So, what we are looking at is that technically two months ago in February there were some Polish priests, Catholic Polish priests, that were burning books that were apparently books that did not spark joy technically. (laughs) Um, Books that did not please God and in it's showing this photo that for some reason includes Books and like some like picture frames, also yeah. with like an I guess it's quoted as like an African-style face mask, too, for some sure. reason that isn't explained. Um, but some of the books that are included here are Harry Potter and the Twilight books. Woo! So, sure. Hey y'all remember Satanic Panic from the 90s? It's back! <laughs> I, so this brought back like a, a recovered memory for me when I saw this, um, that when I, when like the Harry Potter books like first came out, um, my aunt and uncle didn't want me to read Twilight or no, what, um, didn't want me to read Harry Potter and, or, or like see the movies because they Uh thought it was like witchcraft T M um, yeah. And, but that was in, like, what, 2000? Yeah. And even then, it's like, lol. But still. Right. This is in, like, the year of our lord 2019. Yeah, come on, y'all. Where, like, J.K. Rowland is talking about, like, shitting on the floor and stuff. Which oh, arguably oh is, like, more...
0: Yeah, that is more sacrilege <laughs> than
1: anything uh, she's written in the books. Right. Um. So I just found this a little buck wild to me I guess I I mean given our current climate I guess if they were like she's talking about buck ass, wild ass shit yeah um, for sure but I don't know it, this just seemed a little bit wild given the time period but who's yeah. to say so I guess it is from a, um, an evangelical group but I don't know I guess it went viral at some point so interesting (laughs) we have our next piece of news um which came out like super recently hot off the presses y'all very hot off the presses would you like to talk about it with us so the
0: hugo awards right we know thing. we love them a prestigious acclaimed award yes genre of award um, and the nominees came out uh, the other day, one of which is friend of the podcast, Archive of Our Own. <laughs> AO3. Good old AO3. <laughs> AO3, baby. Put your fucking paws up, AO3 Warriors. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> 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 I've gotta go. Uh, if you're unfamiliar, and also maybe haven't listened to this podcast before, Archive of Our Own is a fan fiction website um, you know, that had its peak in the early internet, early to, you know, whatever, in the last couple, last decade or so. Yes. It's nominated for a Hugo in the Best Related Works category. You know, sure. Like, so many other, I don't know, just acclaimed media
1: that has been nominated in the past. Right. Now, oh my gosh. in, in AO3's defense, like, it, there's so much on that website. Like, there's, I was reading a little bit about this yesterday, that the way that it is, like, categorized and, and n- not to, like, say its name over again, but, like, is archived on there. Right. Um, it is, in fact, like, a major feat. Um, I just find it absolutely hilarious that a fan fiction website is is being nominated for a hugo yeah um given that so much of it is just fucking trash (laughs) (laughs) um now i i am a proponent of the idea of fan fiction um i read it every week and i'm always amazed by how the lengths to which some people go to share their creativity. Um, but as someone who is an English teacher, like, I, I love the idea of it. So right. I think this is, is awesome, especially to kind of take this personal piece of work and put it into a literary space is awesome. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't mean I'm not going to fucking laugh about the fact that AO3 is, <laughs> like, nominated for a Hugo. Yeah, that's... Um, what What a world... <laughs> Yeah, it does definitely make it seem like this simulation that we're in is ridiculous. Yeah. Because um, it's, I think from, I'm looking at this motherboard piece right now, and it says over um, almost 47 million individual works are on there. Whew. Which is a lot. Yeah, so, that's so much. Wow. But it's definitely pretty cool. Like, I think that's, it's definitely a nice start in shifting this conversation about what is considered, like, literary at this time, which I like, for sure.
0: Yeah, that's a cool conversation, for sure. But also...
1: Um, But also... (laughs) 3 It's it's just... Come on. um, It's just a trash website, which is great. Um, Okay, we have a couple of questions. Um, (laughs) The first of which is from our patron, Allie, who Ew. asks, a Twilight question. What do you think Bella, Edward, and Jacob would each give up for Lent?
0: Oh, boy.
1: I am very intrigued by this question. Yeah. Um, given that I have never participated in Lent before.
0: Neither have I.
1: But I do have quite a few friends that I have over the years. Yeah. Um, and still to this day. I feel like in like present day 2019. Yeah. Um I feel like uh Bella would give up. Oh god. Well, I'm trying to imagine like for the Lord, TM. For uh, the Lord. <laughs> like because I feel like that means that Edward would have to believe in the Lord, which kind of goes against his no. whole thing.
0: They can just be for personal growth. Like, doing okay. stuff for them, you know? It's okay. like, oh, I'm not gonna, like, eat shitty food or, like, I'm not, you know, whatever. Okay. Drink alcohol for 40 days or whatever.
1: Okay. Okay. Then maybe Bella gives up classic literature No, I mean, boys. It's
0: new shit <laughs> how about you read a new fucking book
1: <laughs> how about you read something new Bella yeah that's the only thing I can think of cause like they're vampires so like yeah what do you time
0: is meaningless right
1: um, um can I ever give up playing sad songs on the piano
0: that would be great um I would also contest um, Edward should give up breaking the goddamn bed every time he has sex. Oh, my that. God.
1: <laughs> yes. I love Fucking that. Fucking reel it in,
0: my dude.
1: <laughs> yeah. Stop breaking furniture that takes... That is like You buy handcrafted furniture. Wait, this is someone, nice stuff. Yeah. Someone made that. Care for your possessions, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jacob... Can stop, just stop, uh, <laughs> just fucking chill out. <laughs> yeah, um, stop making sexist comments for Lent. Yeah, maybe. how about that, Jacob?
0: How about how about them apples,
1: Jacob? How about that Jacob. Stop calling Rosalie Barbie for two seconds, Jacob. Jacob.
0: oh god that's so good
1: that's a good question i haven't thought about that before yeah i love love it when y'all come out here with questions i haven't thought about yeah um holy shit okay so we got an email um there's two main like body paragraphs of this Mm -hmm. that i would love if you could read
0: this is from Kelly. It uh, says, First of all, I just want to thank you for this podcast. Back in September 2018, when all the Twilight movies came out on Amazon Prime, I rewatched them all. Multiple times. <laughs> yeah, Allie. <laughs> I, I can want you, Allie, you have to stop sending us emails. <laughs> Shut up. It makes us seem not as cool. <laughs> <laughs> and one afternoon, getting ready for my commute home, I thought, surely someone has created a Twilight podcast by now. And then I found y'all on Google Play and started with episode one. Oh. I finally got caught up a few weeks ago and would love to share with you my only somewhat anarchistic... Anarch, uh, well... Uh, <laughs> anachronistic thoughts on Twilight. First of all, I would like to briefly defend Stephanie Meyer, even though the Kelly, books... No. <laughs> <laughs> Lindsay Ellis <laughs> <laughs> Even though that the books are terribly written, she's the first author for whom I was willing to read four books and I did not I do not like simply because I had to know what happened. I mean, if there is some literary tradition of resolving a love triangle with the child of a protagonist and the winning suitor, I certainly hadn't heard it before this series. Even though it's awful, I definitely did not see that coming. Secondly, I didn't really pay attention to the Twilight series when it was initially popular. I'm a little older than y'all and remembered it being popular, but didn't really follow it until about 2010 or so, after graduating college and starting my first job. I spent a lot of free time in bookstores back then, and I distinctly remember all the hoopla (laughs) about releasing the drinking in the fall of my senior year. I didn't have much free time for reading, but after graduation, when I had a lot more free time, I decided to get caught up in pop culture and read all the books. I do remember going to see the movies, and more sp- and most specifically, seeing Eclipse in the theater. Ultimately, though, I'm a little embarrassed to admit that it was Twilight that made me realize that my boyfriend of about three years at that point was emotionally manipulative, borderline emotionally abusive. I wish I'd been able to realize this without the assistance of a fictional teenage vampire, but I figured if there's anywhere I can sing the praises of Twilight's influence in my life, it would be with y'all. Yeah. I can't remember exactly what my boyfriend said or did, but I remember my reaction being, Holy shit, why are you acting like Edward Cullen right now? <laughs> <laughs> After that, I was much more aware of how shitty his behavior t- towards me was. We eventually broke up, and I've since married someone else. But Twilight has always had a special place in my heart because of that experience.
1: Okay. All right. Wow. Hold on. There's so much here. <laughs> Let's unpack everything. Okay. Kelly, wow. first of all. Kelly. All right. First of all, just coming in hot with some anachronistic Twilight thoughts. Yeah. Um, I mean, listen we've all been there. Yeah. Um, first of all, hoopla is just a lot. Hoopla. I have a lot of thoughts. Um, first of all, thank you for sharing about your emotionally manipulative partner. Um, yeah. Holy shit. Cause same. <laughs> like I <laughs> was like, Oh my God. I remember when I had a, boyfriend in high school and I was like oh my god he's so much like Edward Cullen and now I'm like oh god uh yikes um but I I'm very interested in in the fact that um this like briefly defending Stephanie Meyer because I feel like there's probably a lot of opinions that people have like this of like wanting to keep reading just to figure out what happened yeah Um, just because a lot of people probably didn't see a story like that before so, thank you for sharing this, first of all. Yeah. I, and just the idea that you had to search for the show because you were like, there's got to be something out here by this, by now. Uh, right. So, appreciate it. That's awesome. Uh, <laughs> that's, yeah. Wow. Thank you. Hell yeah. I love, I love a good, long email. That's very yes. nice. All right. So, this fucking episode... Who mommy? Um, we so we are on season one, episode eight. Yes. Um, titled "Of course you got me, babe." Ugh. Did you grow up listening to Sunny and Cher? Yeah, at kinda, all. Kinda. Yeah. Okay. Um, I did not, but I do have the the tiniest of anecdotes about this song mm-hmm. um, so one of the things that my one of the things my grandma used to do is she used to get these like holiday bears from Hallmark and one of them that she got one year was these two bears from Hallmark that were like attached by the hands that had a heart in between them
0: uh-huh.
1: and whenever you press the heart in between them they sang I Got You Babe by Sonny and Cher
0: Aww. and
1: I don't know why but like I loved playing it because like oh yeah my grandma but I right. fucking hate that song oh my uh, god <laughs> and so it was this weird thing uh, of sorry like, oh, Sonny and Cher heads. yeah sorry I was <laughs> um, coming for your fucking necks um and well it's just like listen Cher's great but like it's just a, such a repetitive song um <sighs> I guess it's just. It's not Cher's best, is all I have to say. I guess. Um, so, I don't know why. It's just, when I saw the title of this, like, oh yeah, that reminds me of my grandma. And I was like, hey, fuck those bears, for real though. Right. Um, okay. What are some of your initial thoughts about this episode? <sighs> okay. So, this episode is
0: basically, like, how quickly can we get Joe and back back together? <laughs> yes,
1: exactly. <laughs> to yeah.
0: no consequence of anyone. Um... And so we're seeing. It begins with Joe and Karen hanging out. It's been three months since the breakup, um, and now Joe and Karen are like a thing. They're hanging out. Everything is great. Joe thinks he's perfect. He literally says her only one and only flaw is that she likes King of Queens, (laughs) which I thought was that the funniest thing. And I mean, that's listen. I get it. That's a deal breaker. I can't. Oh, my God. It was so funny. He's like, man, there's nothing wrong with this girl. She's fucking great.
1: She does watch King of Queens, though. So. Oh, my God. Did you know that you can buy the complete set of King of Queens right now for $50?
0: Oh, wow. How many seasons of King of Queens were there?
1: Oh, I don't know. Let's... Like, 900? Um, there's nine seasons Gosh. and 207 episodes. Too many. Because it went from 1998 to 2007. Wow. You know, a normal amount of time for right. a shitty TV show.
0: Listen, you remember the late 90s or the 2000s. That's just how it was sometimes.
1: <laughs> I do. I do remember, actually. This show i remember being like reruns yeah of essentially i'm just gonna pop a pop an image in real quick oh just no. so you can see what i'm seeing Stop just some visuals to that
0: <laughs> it's oh, just for no. you it's just <laughs> Thank for you. you
1: i appreciate um, it that's very good just Thank so, you. some pre paul blart mall cop Visuals here. Was he yeah. a UPS driver? What the fuck? Yeah, is he was like
0: a delivery driver. He yeah, he was. That was the whole bit.
1: I don't, I don't know that I've ever seen an episode of. Oh King god, of Queens. I've seen so much of King of Queens in my
0: life. <laughs> you kidding me?
1: That real New York shit is
0: watching reruns of King of Queens.
1: Oof. I feel like by osmosis I've seen it, but I don't know that I ever saw a lot of it. Yeah. Just so you all know, um, today my time. There are about 16 episodes playing on TV Land starting at 11 o'clock. Jesus. That's your, um, (laughs) that is your King of Queens watch, 2K19. Thank you. (laughs) All right, so, Karen. Karen is good.
0: King of Queens. Karen is good. That's her one flaw, and we'll forgive her for it, because she's perfect. On all other accounts.
1: Listen, we all like shitty TV shows, all right? Yeah, come on. Come on, come on, come on.
0: And Joe's an elitist fuck always anyway, so whatever. Yeah, so
1: fuck him. His
0: opinion doesn't matter.
1: Exactly. He's a narc. Whatever. And also, he's bad at murder. So, like, what does he get to say about anything? Yeah, so come on. Yeah. Um. What... I find Buckwild about all this. He's like, yep, I'm perfect. I'm totally happy. Hey, did you know I'm the happiest I've ever been? <laughs> um, Just like real quick, I'm just going to use your phone and double check on how Beck's doing. No big deal. Don't worry it's about super it. super fine.
0: Don't worry about it.
1: Yep. And Beck, great writer, just writing super, super normal stuff. Hey, super normal stuff? Like, what to wear to your best friend's funeral? <laughs> Um, mm-hmm. Super great. I yeah. would definitely read that. So what I love about this is, so Beck and Joe, both of them, convinced. They're happy. They're great. Um, everything's super chill. Everything's super chill. Beck and Blythe, they're hanging out. And one of the things that I enjoy about this, too, is that when Beck and Blythe are hanging out, I don't know. I guess I just really like some of Blythe's one-liners in this episode. Yeah. Like, when they go to get drinks and um, Blythe, like, apologizes for being late. And she's like, there was this essay in The Believer that would not let go of me. And it's like, all right, whatever. (laughs) She also, like, encourages Beck to, like... What was it? She encourages her to, like, build this, quote, writer's colony and, like, get all of her earthly distractions away or whatever. And so Beck tries it for, like, two minutes. Yeah. Um, She writes for a couple minutes. She does some yoga stretches. And then she's like, hey, this isn't going to work. Who am I kidding? And so immediately plugs her router back in and starts to research about Karen. Yeah. Yeah. and so I thought that was bad. And then she does that thing where she walks over into Joe's neighborhood, and, and that's maybe this episode is awful. Yeah, and and like she
0: was reason she reasonably cut things off with Joe because he was being creepy, and he- she caught her him stalking her. Yep, and. Now, a few months after the fact, she's a little lonely and maybe, like, is, you know, boosting up this idea that that she had of their relationship and over-hyping it because she's lonely. She'll be, she does the same shit, obviously in a less, you know, a lesser state, but still just, like, doing, like, oh, I'm just gonna stumble through and maybe we'll just, like, happen to see each other and be totally casual and natural. No. No. Don't do that. Go home
1: and she didn't even have any like a story prepared. She was like, "Oh yeah, I'm just like walking around the block um, in a neighborhood that isn't mine." Back, come on. Seriously.
0: Come on. She um, could she really could have been like, "Oh man, this is my favorite food truck." Like there was a line of 30 <laughs> food trucks. She could have just been like, "This is a pop and spot." And then she was just like, "No, I'm just I live I like this street. You know, it's a good street. Right. Um super cool and good.
1: All the stuff super good. Yeah, um, and she just, like, keeps on with the lie of, like, oh, yeah, I'm, like, totally listening to this podcast that you recommended, wow. and then Karen chimes in and is, like, hey, fuck podcasts for a real yeah. one,
0: um, which, like, <laughs> She's, okay. like, man, they really need to get to the point, which, like, drag us, Karen. <laughs> I know.
1: I'm, like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Damn. Um, So, one of the things that I found interesting is, like, we get more John Stamos, and it just feels like someone in this production team knew that John Stamos owed them a favor. Yeah, because it, like, what what is he doing here? I don't nah. understand. Especially because I I forgot at some point that Joe was using that like Ronaldo story. I forgot that like he wasn't using their real names. So I was like, who the fuck is Ronaldo? Right. Like what the <laughs> what? Oh, also like.
0: Joe was still going to therapy, like, throughout the whole beginning montage, which I thought was interesting. Oh, yeah. That, like, he was just, everything was going good. He was with Karen. Things were great. And he was, like, right after totally shitting on therapy and it being, like, wow. um, What a secretive way to, like, live your life. That sucks. And he's, like, still just hanging out,
1: smoking doobies with John Stamos. (laughs) Yeah, I love that you're using the insurance question mark right. that you have to, oh. to smoke the, yeah, right. just smoke a dupe. Yeah, Just smoke a dupe. Yeah, I don't, it's Buck Wild. Yeah. That's what he does. So during this time, it seems like Joe and Beck can't really avoid each other at this point because Ethan and Blythe are moving in together. Yes. Thank uh, God. They're so cute. Um, And so Beck and Joe are moving the boxes for them, of course. Because they're (sighs) their only friends. (laughs) They're their only friends who they somehow convinced to help them out. And what I find buckwild about this is, of course, later on that day, um, Beck... And Joe, like, meet up on this boat so that Joe can read some of her pages because she needs edits. Um, and, also and they've needs been to, like...
0: texting?
1: Yes. That's something I did forget to mention is that they, they have been texting. I think there was also a point earlier on in the episode where she sends over, um, like, author photos, if I'm not mistaken. Right,
0: yeah. Um, She's like, do you want to see my potential author photos? Which is the only way I'm sure Beck knows how
1: to sext yes <laughs> um they do have sex on this boat also i'm really
0: confused about this boat situation yes they're alone on this giant boat there's right. like they're at the top part with like a bunch of chairs and shit i don't know if anyone's like at the bottom i don't know but they're just for all intents and purposes alone on the open sea
1: <laughs> in this boat and they're just fucking on the boat no one is driving this boat. <laughs> There's they are not a alone captain in this boat. Yeah. Someone just pushed this boat really hard, and now it is just floating on the water. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So they, at some point, Beck like climbs off his lap after having sex, and is like, "Hey, um, that was a really bad idea." And then they just have sex again. Yeah. Super it's cool. Like, what Super if, cool. if we kept doing it though? Yep.
0: And meanwhile, this whole time this Buckwild uh neighbor situation is happening. Tell me more. Uh so Paco's mom. Mom. Mom's having a little bit of problems.
1: <laughs> She's yes. an
0: addict. Um yes. and she got herself in a really bad place. Yeah. Um and that was it was such a weird shift in tone for this episode for like sure. i feel like outside of that it was very just like kind of fun and lighthearted, and it was just like oh you know that beck and joe are gonna like get together at the end so everything's great <laughs> meanwhile it's contrasting about this very serious and intense like drug subplot of like where she almost dies basically Yep. And Joe takes her and Karen uh to the fucking book basement where previously he murdered a guy in Super uh, Chill. But don't worry about it. It's it's fine. Super um brutal. where basically Karen like takes care of her for like several days. Yep. And make sure she's able to, like, live. Because they can't take her to the hospital because they probably take Paco away from her. And I'm like, this is so heavy for this television show and also for this episode. What is happening? And meanwhile, it just cuts immediately to, like, fucking Joe and Beck having fun sex. It's like, what the fuck is happening?
1: Yeah. It makes, it's a severe tonal shift. That yeah. I, I struggle to be able to catch up with, that's for sure. Um, Especially because the next scene, they go right into the the housewarming party. Yeah. And it's like, okay, what? There's, all right. (laughs) So there's quite a few people here because Blythe and Ethan do have more friends. They just convinced Joe and Beck to move all their stuff because they're suckers. Yeah. So it's a beautiful little place. Um, this is where we get the iconic lifeline, um, where she's telling Joe, quote, personally, I'm of the opinion that all penetration under patriarchy is rape. Yeah. Uh, which, god I God damn. We don't deserve life. <laughs> and this is the the part where things start to get quite dramatic, I would say. Because, like, Joe goes to help, I think, Ethan out and Karen starts to get like in Beck's head um, and like Beck starts to develop kind of like a a conscience I would say um, and goes to kind of stop things with Joe. Um, We also find out I think is this the first time that we find out Karen's last name? Uh, That her last name is Minty. Oh, yeah. That was so (laughs) off-putting. Her name is Karen Minty. And I was like, I'm sorry. What? (laughs) Yeah, it was so buck wild. Um, Yeah. So there's some drama at the housewarming party, of course. And Joe's like, yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, we shouldn't do this anymore. Um, I love Karen. Karen's great. Um,
0: Remember how good I said Karen was?
1: Right. So, of course, he goes back to his place. um, And (laughs) he sees Karen, like, watching the King of Queens, giving herself a pedicure, just enjoying herself as you do. And for some reason, that clicks for him of, like, this isn't good. Something about this, like, doesn't do it for him. And it's, like, she's just trying to, like, live her truth right now. Like, I don't know what the fuck's wrong with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so all of a sudden, he's, like, it's over. And Karen, this beautiful woman, the ic- most iconic, looks at him and is, like, don't talk to me for a minute, please. Yeah. And I love this part because she just, like, is, like, don't, don't. Collects all of her stuff. Very and then calmly. just Super calmly. Yep. And then just fucking dips. An American hero. And Joe is so confused
0: by this because he loves drama. And he's also used to Beck being full of drama and how they're both emotionally immature and children. Right. Right. And don't know how to process real relationships. Whereas (sighs) Miss Minty, (laughs) Miss Karen Minty. Is like, oh, you know, this is the end of the relationship. I knew there was probably something off, especially since I keep saying back every goddamn minute of my life. Right. Um, I'm gonna peace out. I'm gonna collect my shit and I'm gonna leave. It's been nice knowing you. Goodbye. It's and he's so just like, good. Do you wanna do you wanna talk about it? Do you wanna li-? and she's like, No, I'm I'm just gonna go. I think we're done. So I'm just gonna go.
1: Oh my god. It was so good. Yeah. It was perfect. <laughs> um and then things get ridiculous. so yeah baby. Joe like r- theoretically, I guess, like runs across town um, to Beck's place Ooh. and does what is supposed to be, I guess romantic um, <laughs> which yes. I just I fucking cackled at this part because he's supposed to like take a pebble. And like tosses at her window, yeah. But as I expected from this whole time, Beck's windows are nothing. No. So he just like snaps sheets of paper, her... exactly. So he just like snaps her window in half by throwing a pebble at it. Which like what? Yeah. <laughs> um, and so she comes out of her window and was like, "What the, what?" <laughs> um. And so of course, like they reunite and it's great and perfect. So the conclusion of this, yeah, uh, is now it's like Karen's turn to be like just strolling through the neighborhood, um, and so she pulls the the Candace card, right? Um, where so she sees back and is all like, "So thanks, great. Um, glad I don't have to be with Joe anymore. He's trash." Um, thanks for showing me like that he's awful or whatever. Um, but like be careful or whatever because, um, I don't think you're no Candace. And she's like, What? 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 (laughs) Sorry, who's Candace? What? Hey, it's like Uh, you'll figure it out later. Bye. (laughs) Yeah, and then she just disappears, she just (laughs) vanishes into thin air.
0: Yeah,
1: so nice. Karen. Nice. Nice. Nice, nice, nice. <sighs> <sighs> this fucking show. Jesus.
0: It uh, I uh, <sighs> Like Joe and Beck deserve each other cuz they're both fucking human garbage. Right. But like and like this episode really showed that too. And it also showed like this whole subplot uh With Paco's mom just fucking literally almost dying um, while he's just fucking back this whole time and not caring. And he's, like, supposed to be, like, watching out for Paco because his mom is not there. And he's just, like, fucking it up at every turn because he's fucking back and it's, like, you are, like, given these responsibilities, and people are trusting you for things, and Paco loves you and all this shit, and you're making Paco sad, which is making me upset. Yeah, you don't get to make Paco sad. Yeah. That's not okay. there's this whole okay. fucking, like, shit at the end with Ron, because he comes back. As soon as Paco's mom is, like, figured out and she's back home and everything's great. And basically their life becomes exactly the same as it was. Like, the dad comes back, abusive dad shit, piece of shit, Ron comes back, and Paco's upset, and everyone's upset, and it's all
1: Joe's fault. Because he's a fucking scumbag. Right. God damn it, Joe. Can you, you just can't leave well enough alone. Yeah, fucking Jesus. god damn it. I just, I honestly don't understand. Like, I have a feeling at this point where this is going to end, but none of this is good. Yeah, no. And I just don't, god damn it, is all I'm going to say. God God. damn it. Uh, mm, I'm just so, mm, I could fight. I'm going to kick someone's ass. I'm going to kick my ass. I'm so upset. (laughs) I'll kick my own ass. I'm going to kick my own ass just to prove a point. Um, instead of doing that, though, I would like to share some love with our patrons.
0: So, um,
1: you know what? It's been a while. Why don't we head on over to the onion? Ooh. It's been a hot
0: minute. Okay. All right.
1: Let's let's um let's do a little bit of that. Let's do a little bit of that. So I would love to thank our first ten dollar patron, Erin Salinger. Ooh and Erin, I'm going to provide you with the first article of chicken's eyes catch first ever glint of sunlight through crack warehouse ceiling just before head sliced off.
0: Nice.
1: You know, super, yeah. super good. Super great. Yeah, yeah, very good.
0: Uh, shout out to Alex Blythe, bow, bow, bow. who's going to be proud business owner, tape's first customer to wall. Oh,
1: my God. <laughs> <laughs> um, a Shout out to Mary Mooney. Mary, you're going to be... Coachella unveils premium VIP areas where fans will be able to see, hear, bands. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Shout
0: out to Braver Than the Marines, Taylor Browntown Lautner. Holy Fucking shit. Salute. <laughs> Fucking salute. <laughs> All right. Uh, who's gonna be let me close this pop-up ad scientists announced discovery of dry ice on mars means planet may one day be suitable for halloween party hell yeah
1: <laughs> yeah dude um shout out to katie weber oh katie is gonna be come on come on says matt damon desperately searching for her own name on list of IMDb user Dolphin Soul Sixties top one hundred actors.
0: Oh my god, that's beautiful. It's very good.
1: That's very good.
0: <laughs> Shout out to fucking Simon Steele.
1: Who? Okay, wait, I don't know wait, that we your talk- out is jacked. <laughs> so yeah, like, I don't know that we talked about this last time because no. I think we just we just texted about it. This so is new I mean, information. Simon, <laughs> so mean, what the fuck? Have you been- how have you been holding out on us that, one, you're, like, a real person, <laughs> and also, you're, like, swole? Yeah. What the fuck? Simon. Simon Steele's ripped. Simon s- could, like, break Edward Cullen in half. What the <laughs> fuck? Simon. And
0: it's only fitting that he's gonna be this article. I guess I'm only tough on stains because my dad was so tough on me. <laughs>
1: oh my By god. By a bottle of Ajax. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, yeah. <laughs> I can relate. Yeah, Simon fucking Steele. Wow, pour one out. He's not dead. Honestly, we just want to remember him. Honestly, I yeah, that's that's some real shit right there. Yeah. Um, so this week's—I almost said this week's podcast. What the fuck? Um. <laughs> On, for real, though, this week's fan fiction is brought to you by Braver Than the Marines, Taylor Rontown Lawner. Oh! Um, it is a fan fiction that was published on July, nope, January 15th, 2019. And was written by Archive of Our Own, Hugo-nominated <laughs> author, It Sames, And the title is, Like an Open Book. The summary is, uh, Oh, Joe, you moan, breaking our kiss. Fuck me now. Fuck me as if I were an open book, you pant. And, oh, Beck, you are lucky I love you. Oh, God. All right. Um, All right. So I'm going to read this from the first... Chapter here, the notes from the author are, English is not my first language, but apparently my hobbies include writing smut in foreign tongues, and I wanted to get into Joe's head, so please excuse my dumb Italian speaker's mistakes. I'm sure you did just fine. Yeah. Asking you to come work with me at the bookshop has been great for our relationship. We have never been so close, literally and figuratively, Asking you to work here is a win-win situation because you needed something to do during the day and I can always use a hand in these months because Valentine's Day is coming and everyone is trying to fix their messed up relationships with Nicholas Sparks books and boxes of chocolate. I've officially offered you to work as cashier and you are great at that. I've noticed the number of male clients have substantially increased since you've been helping behind the counter, which is good for the bookshop, but bad for me because I keep getting distracted. I need to make sure none of them try to take advantage of you and believe me they try. You are lucky I keep an eye on you. These jerks must have mistaken this shop as a place to pick up chicks. Pathetic. But you don't seem to care. You are good to think badly. You are too good to think badly of anyone. You are nice and helpful to every client, even the guy that twice a week walks 4 blocks just to buy here a fucking John Grisham. I doubt he even opens those books. He just comes here for you, and I can't even blame him, because these skinny jeans of yours are almost an invitation. Today, he hasn't shown up, but on the other hand, there was this girl coming here with a list of books for her English class that dared to ask for the shortened versions. End scene. Wow. The shortened versions! Cody! (sighs) The audacity. Yeah, that's pretty rude. That's some rude shit. How dare they not read the complete, unedited, original language language. text. (laughs) Non-GMO. Oh, God. (laughs) Texts. Hell yeah, baby. Oh, my God. Well, I mean, I'm going to be in fucking New York when this comes out. So, as we say in New York. Ooh, Get bit. And get whipped. Ow!
0: kb underscore underscore smith on twitter you can find Allie on twitter at into Wild places and you can find me at dyke discourse you've been listening to earbud media production earbud media audio for everyone